Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. If you spent your whole life wanting to be in football or any sport, and you end up on the coaching trajectory and you move up from quality control to position coach to coordinator, and then you become a hot commodity on a head coaching search, not just one, but in back-to-back years. People want you to be in charge of their football team. They dream of you tag-teaming with their young stud quarterback or a great stable of skill position players. Owners are flying you into their town or flying to yours to meet you. If you had all of this love, all of this admiration, and maybe an offer or two, could you say no to becoming a head coach? Maybe in back-to-back years, I, for one, would probably say yes to the first job given to me as I was making myself, making my way up the ladder, even if it was the Carolina Panthers, even if nobody else wanted to work for David Tepper, because maybe he might be the most insane owner in the NFL right now, I probably would have said yes before he was done officially offering me the Carolina Panthers job. Now, the Panthers not in play for this particular gentleman. But as we come to you live on this Wednesday morning, Ben Johnson's not going to be the head coach of the Washington Commanders. He is not going to be the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. He's not going to be anybody's head coach for now because, as you know by now, I assume he is staying as the Lions' offensive coordinator. 37 years old. A year ago, he actually flirted with those Panthers. This year, we were told by more than one person, including our colleague from Two Doors Down here in New York, a guy whose name rhymes with Doomersh Mashiasin, that this was basically done, that it was Ben Johnson to the commanders. Once Washington was able to actually hire him when the Lions season was done, it was going to be done. And then yesterday, the commanders are flying to Detroit, apparently, in the air. Owners, GMs, brain trust, they're going to Detroit to meet Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn one more time. And the pilot comes over the loudspeaker and goes, hey, guys, Ben doesn't want to be your head coach. He's staying in Detroit. And this takes a a lot of different twists and turns. I'm just surprised by the ability, which, again, I don't think I have to be picky, to be patient. When somebody finally gave me a chance to run an NFL team, and that had been my goal for a decade plus, I'd probably say yes right away. But Ben Johnson is saying no to at least Washington The rest of the interest levels will never really know Seattle anywhere else this year. The Panthers and other teams a year ago. But Ben Johnson is staying put. And that takes off the board 
one of the most intriguing names of this coaching cycle. It also kind of reinvigorates some of the other intriguing names that have lost some steam as of late because Washington still needs a head coach, and we no longer know who the front runner is, and the Seahawks need one as well. I'm impressed. I mean, I, I before we get to the football part of it and what it means in Detroit and in Washington, I'm just impressed by the confidence, the patience, and the ability not to run to the first open door to become a head coach. It's Andrew Bogus with you on this Wednesday morning, filling in for Bill Ryder. Uh, as you might have expected, I'm pretty sure this is scientifically proven. You can't spend more than two days in a row looking directly at Pretty Daddy. So Bill was here yesterday. He was here Monday. Couldn't be here today. He'll be back for tomorrow and for Friday, and then he'll change states to really put distance between himself and the international man of mystery, the ladies' man, the most popular gentleman in these parts of New York, uh, Tom D. Celestino. You know him and love him at Pretty Daddy CBS. Between now and 11.20 Eastern, when you get buy or sell, we'll do more on Ben Johnson. We'll do more on a new injury, apparently, for Joel Embiid last night. Sixers playing the Warriors. We've got an update on my favorite fight these days. Justin Tucker versus Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey from Sunday. The... Did this two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I was here on a Wednesday and had the same kind of um, push from our friends Maggie and Perloff who were heard on most of these same stations across the country before this show. Every Wednesday they do a, a segment called The Great Debate. And this week they did the teams that won one Super Bowl but should have won more. So, like, what team missed out on being a dynasty? And it just kind of reinvigorated this thought in my mind of, exactly how significant the Lions and Ravens in different ways messing up conference championship games on Sunday, just how significant that is. Because as good as Detroit appears to be, and with Ben Johnson now running it back, and as good as the Ravens appear to be with Lamar Jackson still well shy of 30, there's just nothing that guarantees them the chance that they just had on Sunday. It may never come again. It may come next January but it's probably more likely that it doesn't come for a while, if ever again. And that's a lot to process when there are so many specific things to nitpick about on why they individually did not get the job done. We'll do that before we're done. And we'll hang out with um, one of my good friends. He's mean to me the way we're mean to D-Cell. Justin Turner, the, the, the co-host of NBA Today on Sirius XM NBA Radio. He's on the show to start our number two. So I was conflicted when I saw the Ben Johnson news yesterday. I didn't really understand. I couldn't figure out at first what this said more about. Does it say more about him and the Lions and what they're building? Or does it say more about the commanders? And as the news breaks, you can see, and you're probably all good at this now, kind of figuring out exactly who's feeding all the news breakers um, their tidbits. Because... At first, I see Adam Schefter and others remind us that Ben Johnson was asking for a lot of money, apparently, and that scared teams off. Except for the commanders, who were literally on their way to Detroit to talk to him again. So it doesn't sound like they were scared by Ben Johnson's asking price. This sounds like Ben Johnson didn't want to be the commanders or the Seahawks or anybody else's head coach this year. Now, there are times where coaches do a preemptive, you know what, I love it here, I'm going to stay. I feel like 
that's kind of where Bobby Slowick in Houston kind of lines up. Not that he took himself out of contention, but he also probably worked these interviews to get new money, and he did in Houston. So that's another angle, too. But other guys, when they know they're not going to get a job, they take themselves out and go, guys, I'm good, never mind. I'm going to stay where they are. To make it like they're controlling things, and all they're really doing is saving face. That's not the feel. That's not the read I get here. The read is Ben Johnson didn't want to be the commander's head coach specifically. And there's that's not all about Washington, but it's got to be about Washington. And it's a little confusing that it's not Washington because it's not Dan Snyder anymore. Now, they still have one of the worst, if not the worst, venues in sports, certainly in the NFL, but it's one of the worst venues, stadium, arena, whatever, that any pro team plays in in this country. But they've got new ownership who seems committed to doing things the right way, spending money. They've got money to spend in free agency. They already have some talented players on that roster, and they've got the number two pick in the draft, which probably gets you Drake May or Jaden Daniels, and that's probably a really good start for a new head coach. And Ben Johnson is going to stay with the Lions and be a number two to Dan Campbell and run it back with Jared Goff and Jameer Gibbs and Montgomery and Amon Ross St. Brown. And while that, you know, I I think there's certainly an argument and a logic to say that right now the Lions are closer to a Super Bowl than Washington and Seattle are. I mean, that's, that's obvious. But Washington, the commanders, that's not the Panthers. And that's not other teams that have filled vacancies this year. It's also much more of a given than what Ben Johnson might be thinking about in the future. Because there are some people suggesting that he's got his eye on Dallas. Because we don't know what Mike McCarthy's future is after this year. Mike Tomlin's future at the moment is unclear past the coming season in Pittsburgh. Although he has said he's going to sign a new contract. There is still the possibility in Philadelphia, obviously, that Nick Sirianni is on his last leg. Forced to change coordinators Kellen Moore is there. Vic Fangio is there. You know, Kellen Moore feels like he'd be the next coach in Philadelphia. He, at least he'd be the interim guy if there was an in-season change. If if this la- if this season's collapse doesn't change immediately next year in Philadelphia, there's also these pseudo-persistent, and it, they came back on this show yesterday with Mike Florio, that maybe Andy Reid goes, oh, that's another Super Bowl. I'm good, and retires after winning in two weekends in Vegas. And then who who wouldn't want to be Patrick Mahomes' head coach? But none of those things are guaranteed to happen. If they do open, Ben Johnson's up against Bill Belichick. He might be up against Mike Vrabel if Vrabel doesn't swoop in and take Washington or Seattle, and it doesn't feel like that's imminent at all in any way right now. So if, the, if he's gambling on better jobs opening up, It's an interesting gamble, but it's one that he could very easily lose. And Washington, again, it is not the perfect situation, but it's far from the worst. And it gives you a chance in a division that's, you know, got some questionable teams. I don't know when the Giants are going to be good again. If the Eagles are really, really old and really, really broken down and in a way kind of not fixable immediately, that helps the cause. And the Cowboys might win a bunch of regular season games, but they're not going to spook you past that. You know, 12 months ago, less than that, I would told told everyone to not take the Washington job. I'm honestly surprised that Ben Johnson isn't taking the Washington job. And I remain impressed by the ability to be 37, to be getting paid well, to like Detroit, to like the situation, to go, I'm good for now. 
it's again a thought that I don't know that I could have made if I was him. But he made it, and the Lions now have answered their their most significant question. Because Ben Johnson did a great job making Jared Goff Jared Goff, not the guy you made who's a punchline coming off his Rams tenure, and the Rams didn't even want him, and they made the jokes that he was the punchline about. Like Ben Johnson being, I think, first passing game coordinator and an offensive coordinator, he was as significant as anybody in making Jared Goff have this kind of mid-career renaissance. And now for at least another year, you've got the Goff whisperer sticking around. And then the question becomes just like, what exactly did they all learn from Sunday? What did they learn about their aggressiveness? What did they learn about their gambles? What did they learn about personnel? And then play choices in the moment. You know, we still don't really know we're never going to know the full inner workings of the two or three significant decisions, the two decisions on fourth down to go for it, not kick field goals. And then probably what should be talked about more is running down near the goal line and then failing and having to use a timeout that basically then lost you the game because it made the onside kick necessary and required, and you just don't get those anymore. So that decision to run, and if you were watching the game, you heard Greg Olson say why you can't run, and then went, oh, I think they're going to run, and then went, this is why you can't run. I mean, Ben Johnson certainly called those plays. He called the plays. One of them on the first fourth down should have worked. I mean, that's a catch, a throw and a catch that Goff and Reynolds have to make. And, you know, Josh Reynolds' drop on third down that went right through his hands, that's on him. I still think the other fourth down with Goff rolling out, it still seems to me to be a crappy throw by Goff, a throw he's got to be able to make. Um, so, But J- Ben Johnson had his hand in those things. And we've had other coordinators, Dan Quinn and Dallas, and even Bobby Slowick in Houston, like lose some steam off of questionable decisions and game plans in this postseason. And that didn't seem to happen to Ben Johnson, even though he was very much front and center in this situation. And you can spare me again the conversation of, well, teams were scared by him maybe asking $10, $12, $15 million a year. Washington was going to talk to him again, again, flying to him to talk to him again. So if they were that scared about his price tag, I feel like they wouldn't have gassed up the jet and made the trip to Detroit to see him. So he turned them down and chose to be the Lions coordinator again And a year from now, he may be prepping for the Super Bowl, and we go, smart move, Ben Johnson, and then he can actually legitimately ask for 15 mil, and everyone goes, that's probably a bargain, and maybe he's got a different job. But much like their decisions on fourth down on Sunday, there's some logic in the gamble, but there's definitely also a strong possibility that you get burned here, and there's a new hot guy next year. There's less openings next year. Somebody wants Belichick or Vrabel and not you next year. This job was there, and it was a pretty good job, and he didn't take it. And now, like everything else, it's about moving on and fixing things and being ready for next year, and then we can do it all over again with the Ben Johnson uh, recruitment tour when we get to next winter. This game, that team, and the Ravens will come way back on the show when we close things out because I still I can't escape. I don't know. Maybe this is just me having a bad memory, which is always in play. I can't remember a head coach and players talking about 
immediately after a game the acknowledgement that they may never be back in that spot again. Like, Dan Campbell put that in the world really quickly Sunday night. Players did as well in the locker room, knowing just how big of an opportunity that they half blew on Sunday. And the Ravens did the same thing, not near the end of their game, not in particular decisions, but as people kind of still go through all the footage and and rewatch the game to make sure they saw what they saw. And now that we see personnel decisions and personnel groupings, the Ravens and their offense led by Todd Munkin put together one of the worst game plans in a big spot in recent memory. It defies so much logic and it goes, it went against so many things that the most novice football fan could have seen, could have predicted, could have planned for and these guys who make all of that money to play and to coach just completely dropped the ball before Sunday started. And they very well may have that regret for forever. That's how we'll close the show. In between, Joel Embiid's hurt again. We still have Mahomes and Tucker and Kelsey going back and forth about their pregame run-in on Sunday. We, of course, have buy or sell. We've got Justin Termini joining us on an NBA conversation all on this Wednesday morning, Writer Than You, on CBS Sports Radio, on the free Odyssey app, and on Sirius XM Sports 158. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He's Bill Ryder, and he's always right. I'm an actual dad. You have a dog, you're not a dad. You have a cat, you're not a dad. I'm a pet person. You cannot on Mother's Day... When everybody's posting photos of their kiddos, get on there and be like, 
being a mother is a real whatever. Change who I am. You're an idiot. That's a cat. It's writer than you on CBS Sports Radio. This show never goes off on tangents, so this is a change of pace. Uh, is that a new? I don't remember ever hearing that. Is that a new one, Diesel? Uh, I think that happened over the summer. Okay, I there are takes. There's the peanut butter and jelly take in particular that I could not disagree with Bill Ryder any more than I do. And by the way, it's bogus in for Bill on this Wednesday. Pretty Daddy CBS is here. Don't worry about it. You just heard his voice. You're all good. Buy or sell next hour. But this one might be where we are attached at the hip for forever. Now, I wouldn't say that I'm a pet person. Uh, we don't have a dog in my house now, although my kids desperately want one, but my wife is terribly allergic, so... They continue to choose her over a dog in the trade, one for one. <laughs> but um, I had cats growing up. I actually would – I've petitioned for a cat in our house, but again, the allergy thing, so we lose that as well. So I'm not opposed to animals in my house. But there's a line that no longer exists between pets and humans. I don't – I'm not a mean person, um, especially in comparison to D-Cell. I'm not a violent person. I don't like altercations, but I've considered like knocking over a dog stroller and just being like, that's a dog. It's got four legs. It's supposed to walk. It shouldn't be next to me in the mall. There's a lot. And I I get so happy now when I walk into a store and there's a lot around here in, in Manhattan where we are that now have signs that say only service animals can come in because the epidemic of people carrying their pets around like they were babies and couldn't be left at home or couldn't be tied to the fire hydrant outside or whatever, it was out of control. So I'm glad we're pushing back because, they, as Bill said, they ain't people. You're not a mom or dad. They're not babies. They don't need to come inside. They don't need to be in a stroller. There are rules. There are boundaries. And it was, it was way too much fuzziness around those boundaries and rules recently from my liking. You just hit a button. What did you just do? No, just mark no. that down. No, what what yeah. happened? I, I don't know what you're talking about. I like the aggression, though. I like it. Feisty. Yeah, I can't. There's. I. I think I'm good about not being bothered by things. Maybe it times too much. Maybe I should have more of a reaction to well, things. You're bothered by me a lot. Ah, uh, yeah. But this one, the pet thing, really gets me because they're not people. They're great. I get it. I get it. But again, they're they're animals. They don't need to shop for sweaters with you. <laughs> a lot of people disagree with you. And they're wrong. Okay. They're wrong. I like the feistiness. You're welcome. I'm trying to think if I was nice to a person today, a human, which is something you wouldn't do, but I didn't have a chance to be nice to anybody today. At this early in the morning? No, I've barely spoken to another human. Uh, Joel Embiid got hurt again last night. Now, this comes off what I thought was um, more joke than anything else when he and multiple Sixers didn't play Saturday in Denver and Embiid in particular was like the latest of scratches. It was fun to say he was dodging Jokic. It was fun to point out that he's basically never played in Denver because he can't catch his breath. And then, and then last night happened, and two things happened last night. The first thing I saw was the injury with Jonathan Kaminga falling on his leg. They're going for a loose ball, fourth quarter, Sixers-Warriors, Embiid's going down. I thought if, at first you think, oh, he got hurt like in going down to the court, but he, he survives that with bodies all around him. But then Kaminga ends up like landing, and that's a big dude, landing on Embiid's left knee, and then the writhing pain, and he limps off. 
But then also Diesel showed me this video of Embiid earlier in the game, going in the lane, no one around him. He's going to go jump for a rebound, and his leg is just his left leg, which is the problem in Denver the night before, the week, you know, two nights before, is just like, nah, we're not jumping. And instead of jumping, he like crumbles to the court. So clearly there's something wrong with his leg to begin with. And then this happens last night, Kaminga falling on him, and Nick Nurse, his head coach, says it's actually a new injury. So here's the full version of the head coach coming off another boo-boo for Joel Embiid. Obviously he got landed on, uh, so they're going to do an MRI tonight or tomorrow. Um, it's kind of unrelated to what's been bothering him. Um, so we just wait on that. Yeah, so he, he probably saw the play. He was laying there and he got landed landed on, yeah. What were the conversations in, in clearing him to play tonight yep. in general and, and yep. how did he feel before before that play yep. happened? How was he feeling? How was he doing? Yeah, so obviously medical cleared him. Uh, Joel obviously is a big part of that. He said he was feeling good. Um, I, you know, he said he's more a little rusty and, and he'd been, you know, hadn't been on the court for, for five days, um, but he said he felt good. I forgot to mention that Embiid, also, if they're not playing Saturday in Denver, didn't play Monday night in Portland. And I was the doofus on the radio yesterday going, ha, 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 they kept him out of that game to make it look like he was really hurt coming off the Denver debacle. And then he got hurt again last night. Now, in the middle there, you heard Nick Nurse say unrelated to what was bothering him. I actually think that's more concerning. I would have rather Nick, I think, I would have rather Nick Nurse go, yeah, that just hurt what already was hurt. Instead, he has another knee problem now, and we don't know what it is. It could be nothing, but it, it's probably something the way this is setting up at as. So now it's not, oh, we made something worse. It's we've put something new on the table for a guy. I don't, I, I, I've decided in my oldish age to never use the word soft anymore. I think that's too mean to people. I also don't know that it's actually a fair assessment and to be soft like you really need to like have like a like a blister and go I can't pitch for two months like that makes you soft getting hurt a lot doesn't make you soft um it makes you injury prone but then you can be not injury prone but Joel Embiid is perpetual there's always something with Joel Embiid it's always something it's legitimate it's not it's his knee it's been his back I mean from the he didn't play his first year in the NBA because he wasn't healthy so This is a constant struggle. And we were already talking about the very strong possibility of him not reaching the threshold of 65 games played to be eligible for major awards like MVP, which he might be the front runner for. Now we throw this on the table. He was already trending under 65 games. This will make it that much harder. Maybe buried in here, if this is not a super long-term thing, is good news for the NBA that this now means Embiid will not come close to 65 games? Because if he played 62 and had ridiculous numbers but didn't win MVP on a technicality, that would have been... I don't think the NBA wants to have that conversation. But now if he's under 60 because of this, then he can't be the MVP because he didn't just play enough games. But the bigger picture for the Sixers is, how much longer do you do this? Like, how much longer... And he signed through 26, 27 at $52 million a year average. But, like, how long is he your best player? He's about to be 30. Again, he, he gets injured a lot. 
he doesn't play a full season to begin with. And then maybe because of that partially, he and them haven't been good enough in the postseason. Never making a conference final. Now, one time it was 18 bounces on a rim in Toronto that screwed them. Other times it's just because they weren't good enough to move on. Now they finally pulled the Doc Rivers plug. But now do we get a different look in this spring if Embiid's not healthy? If it's another injury management, left knee, whatever, to get him through March and April and May and then maybe June. But he's only getting older. And it's just natural for him to decline. And he seems like a guy that's going to get, he's getting older faster. And when the decline really starts, it's going to be really quick. So it's not now, but it might be a year from now where you have to really think about doing something completely different in Philadelphia because it's just not going to work. And you just can't trust him enough, maybe through no fault of his own, to just to be out there at all, and especially when it matters. You heard Nick Nurse say MRIs are coming. Maybe sometime today there'll be more information, maybe not. But the Sixers should be good. And that guy should be out there doing... I watched most of that 70-point game, and it still blows my mind that he scored 70 with one three-pointer. It was twos and free throws. And he's dribbling up the floor, spin moves. I mean, he is a ridiculous basketball player. But we don't get to see it as much as we should for so many different reasons. And now, last night, there's this. He was absolutely compromised on the floor to begin with last night. Now, he wasn't in danger in the moment where he got hurt because his knee wasn't great to begin with. That's just bad luck. And again, that doesn't make him injury prone. That seven foot, 260 pound Jonathan Kaminga fell on his knee when he was already flexed. But he's hurt again. And it just, it's another piece of the puzzle for the Sixers that it doesn't get put together correctly into an NBA real true title contender because you just never know when and for how long you're going to have peak full-strength Joel Embiid. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227 is the number. Embiid, Ben Johnson, call and make D-Cell awkward, feel bad. That's my favorite game. You can do that as well. When we come back, though, it's Mahomes v. Oh, Mahomes and Kelsey v. Tucker. As the world turns, we'll do all that after a CBS Sports Radio update. Here's Peter Schwartz. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. He's Bill Ryder, and people can't stop listening. You may have disappointed someone who is very important to you and whose opinion you value immensely. And these feelings 
are ones that could be evoked by a very important figure in your life, like a parental figure or possibly someone you're deeply in love with. So and they could be one and the same. In other words, you may have pretty daddy issues. It's writer than you with Bill Ryder. At Pretty Daddy CBS, he's here on this Wednesday morning. Bill Ryder is not bogus in for Bill. Bill is back tomorrow and Friday in our New York studios. And then I... I don't even know. Is he going to Vegas? I know I know Diesel's not going to Vegas, so Bill will be doing a show from his normal spot in California next week. Uh, a handful of other shows will be in and around Vegas for Radio Row Super Bowl week starting on Monday morning. So uh, I know some of you actually don't like those type of shows, uh, but they're coming, and uh, they'll have some fun early in the morning with Maggie and Perloff and then Jim Rome and Zach Gelb and I think Amy Lawrence as well. So we've got throughout – all different parts of the day got you covered leading up to Chiefs and Niners uh, two weekends from now. Let's get to the phone line for the first time this morning at 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Tom's in Harrisburg, PA, and he is up first this morning. Tom, what's going on, man? Hey, Andrew. How's it going? It's going well. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. All right. I'm a Sixers fan, and uh, for the last two years, I've been advocating for them to trade Joel Embiid, and everybody thinks I'm crazy, but to me, it's insanity doing the same thing over and over again. Nine years, he's had a chance. He's injured when it matters most every year. Guy's a phenomenal player, but it's just not working out. Yeah, and I and I don't know, Tom, like, it's not necessarily Joel's fault that it's not working out. I don't think he's quote-unquote problem. I don't think it's about him being out of shape or anything like that. A lot of it's just bad luck. And a lot of it just might be the nature of being seven-whatever and that big. And and then just the fact that he's getting older here as well. It's, it feels more to me like an acknowledgement of this is just not going to work as opposed to we have to get rid of that guy. It almost feels, the more I think about it now, when the Eagles moved on from Andy Reid, it had just felt like it was time to do something else. That, to me, is where the Sixers are headed. If not, if they're not there already, moving off of Doc Rivers was a big change. James Harden in and out. I like the roster. Tyrese Maxey's a stud. And Embiid is as good as anybody on the planet, but he's just not out there enough. Now, this may be all different when we get to the spring if he's feeling good and they don't have the Doc Rivers anti-mojo in the postseason, maybe they'll maybe things will be different. But I just, I think it's going to be somewhat similar. And then you're really in the area of, is it time to facelift? Is it time to be that different? And I think, Diesel, you may remember this. I, I kind of think there was reporting around Daryl Morey in Philadelphia. Like, it is his idea to kind of start from scratch. And this just popped back in my head. Like that was that that's kind of like the grand plan is Harden was already gone and we're probably gonna have to trade Embiid and do everything from the from the ground up again. And probably the only question is how soon does that happen? Ducky's in St. Louis and he's next year on, on Writer Than You. Ducky, what's up, man? Well, always a pleasure to talk to you. Same uh, here, man. Another time I, I'll be brief. I don't believe in Embiid either. There's a there's a meme going on where uh, Embiid's face is imposed on Lamar Jackson. It, it, that just says enough. I don't believe he'll ever make it past the conference finals regardless of Nick Nurse or Doc Rivers being his coach. Also want to know the dynamic on the update between your friendship with D-Cell. Talk to you later, buddy. <laughs> All right, Ducky, be good, man. 
Uh, I I continue to think that I'm a very good friend to D-Cell. I, I don't see anything wrong in the way we interact. I don't know what I've done to get on his bad side and to be kept there. I really don't. Days like today help. We're getting along great. We're almost halfway through the show. We're we're very chummy today. Yeah, I mean, you had like a you had a real life question before the show, and yeah. I tried to give you some advice. Yeah, and, and I appreciated that very much. Right. That, you know, earlier this week when you go behind my back, that that hinders what happened earlier this the week. Friendship. When I ask you a question, industry related, work related, show related. Oh, the old Jurgens Kloop question. Yeah, yeah, that hinders the friendship. <sighs> I mean, I I did. It's pretty black and white here. All right. I, I I don't know if that's a negative. It's not a positive. Uh, if you guys are not here Monday, Jurgen Klopp is the, is in the manager. I still am not up to date on all the He's soccer the verbiage. He's the head coach of Liverpool in England. That's you know one of the main soccer clubs in the world. And he announced on Monday that he was going to step down at the end of this season. And because on this show there's soccer, Diesel had to put this item in buy or sell that day and i am often the uh, quality control coach when it comes to details pronunciation we so we work in close proximity to each other right. your your uh, you know booth your anchor booth where i my my cube where i said the newsroom we're about 10 feet from each other so diesel goes hey is it is it again the name is jurgen klopp and he goes is it jurgen's kloop <laughs> Now, I fixed it. I told him no. Confidently, no, by the way. No, sweet boy. I it's was just not. looking for confirmation. <laughs> and I did actually, I kind of scolded you. I said, you know. You walked away. Because, <laughs> it was. I mean, first of all, Jurgen's Kloop was too good to be true. But then I came back and I said, he's been in the news before. You're sitting in the seat that now Stu Kovacs is sitting in, and Stu's today wearing a Liverpool shirt. Which means nothing. I just feel like through osmosis, like there'd be leftover Liverpool knowledge, and you'd sit there, and it would somehow get into your into your mind. And I said, you know, it's one thing to still get a Dentacumpo wrong, and I might have just gotten it wrong there. But you got to know that it's Giannis, and the people that still call him Giannis should probably put in jail. Be put in jail next to the folks with their dogs in a stroller. And I said, if you want to get, if you want to be confused by Klopp, I would have understood it, but. Since he's not from, like, Teaneck, New Jersey, you should have known that his first name was Jurgen, not Jurgen. He's not really pronouncing the J. So I did get a little snooty with you on Monday morning. Which but, I can handle. Right. But, but going behind the back. I mean, I could have just texted Bill right in front of you, but I did go back. Or, and my, or not told Bill at all. I did send a text to Bill uh, that said, and I had stopped texting Bill because texting Bill then puts you into the um, – the not the habit, but you you're now in striking distance of Bill's alien theory texts, and and I, I don't need those things. I don't need the new story about the new threat to our existence. So I try not to text Bill. I try to stay out of mind as much as possible. But I had to say, make sure that you ask Diesel how he thought Jurgen Klopp was pronounced. I, I think it's good for the show. It's good for the show. I'm Content go ahead first and disagree with that. All right, also good for the show, at least for my show, my entertainment, is what happened pregame Sunday in Baltimore. I'm sure you've seen the footage by now. Mahomes and Kelsey are warming up. They are basically warming up on Justin Tucker's gear, his helmet, his little kicking tee thing, and it gets moved, and then it gets thrown away by Kelsey. And I'm all for it. Like, that's good, good good-natured, 
relatively lighthearted, but also has a message behind it. Like, that's the stuff that should happen. You know, in hockey, guys like skating on the wrong side of the red line or stepping on the logo. Like, that's the stuff that I like. That's good. It's not that. It's not dangerous. It's not violent. It's sending a message. I'm all for it. It's a little pesky. I'm all for it. But then we've got to figure out what the heck's going on. And is um, who's the bully, Mahomes or Kelsey or Tucker? And thankfully, everyone's talking about it. First, it's the kicker, Justin Tucker. This is his explanation of all the things that went down Sunday pregame in Baltimore. You know, for those that don't know, the way it works is each team's kicker uh, goes to the other team's uh, designated warm-up area on the field. And for me, it's usually about 90 minutes before kickoff. So um, I've been doing the exact same thing for 12 years. Never really had a problem with anybody um but uh uh yeah that's just that's just kind of the way the way we've always done it and the way uh kickers around the league have always done it um you know and I, I saw Patrick there trying to warm up and get some drop back so uh he asked me while I was on the ground stretching like if I could move my helmet so I happily got up and I moved my helmet out of the way at least I thought it was enough out of the way um and then uh Travis comes over and he just kicks my stuff and he throws my helmet and I just thought it was all just some gamesmanship, um, you know, all in good fun. But they seem to be taken a little bit more seriously. Um, and uh, I'm I'm totally willing to let it all go. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to explain that that's just, you know, what I've done for 12 years. And it's, it's not like I'm out there trying to be problematic. I'm just trying to get ready for the football game just like they are. So I will throw in that covering football games – when I do, you're there early, and you and usually the special teams guys are out there first to kick and punt when the field is emptier. Um, I've I've never really seen though guys set up in the end zone, and and I'm usually around college games more than pro games. And in college, they usually they they try field goals from varying angles and lengths, and then they kick off kind of from the same spot that they would kick off from. So they're kicking sometimes into other guys on the other team warming up, like, in the far end zone. I don't remember seeing guys like Tucker was starting in the end zone and working outward, but that's where, where we are. So that's him saying, I'm just minding my business, and then these two bullies showed up and started messing with my stuff. Now we hear from Mahomes. This was yesterday on our Odyssey affiliate in KC, 610 Sports Radio, um, on his side of this story. I've had like seven years of, of kind of doing that same warm-up routine, and there's only been, a, I think, like three occasions where there's been a kicker that wasn't uh, – because uh, you don't usually talk to the guys, so there's been a kicker that wasn't necessarily moving out the way or you, kind of, you weren't kind of sharing the field um, in the right way. And, I mean, it was in Baltimore all three times. So um, I, he does that little stuff, I think, to try to get under our skin. And I asked him to move his stuff, and he, and he got up and moved it, I think, two inches. Um, but but didn't move it out of the way, and I I, I was gonna kind of let it slide, but Travis kind of got it and moved it for me, and then after that I wasn't gonna let him put it back down. So it's it's something that we we move on. I mean I have a lot of respect for him as a player and as a kicker, um, one of the best kickers of all time, probably the best kicker of all time. But at the same time you gotta have respect for each team, and we all share the field, and we we try to do that in a respectful way. I think Patrick Mahomes just called Justin Tucker the pretty daddy. Of NFL kickers. because No, no, let's stand by. There's a very strong argument that Tom DeCelestino is the best producer of writer than you ever. Ever. But he's also a guy that would set up his equipment in the middle of where you're setting up just to bust your chops. And 
Sign me up for Justin Tucker doing that. I already love that guy. I, if I wasn't almost 44, which I feel like is too old to wear the jerseys of current people, I'd own a Justin Tucker jersey. I've said more than once, it's probably not true anymore that Justin Tucker did his job better than any other player did his job in the NFL. Because for all of the idiot kickers we have in this game, that dude doesn't miss. Doesn't miss. So I already loved him. If we're throwing on top of that, that he's out there like a pest trying to mess with opposing quarterbacks, I like him even more. I like him even more. And if we can now even draw a line from his behavior to D cells behavior, even better. I think, you know, you're looking at me like I'm being a jerk. This is a compliment. You're the best at your job, and you want to pick a fight against the big boys. I like the I like the confidence. I like the I like the grit. I like it. I like him. I like you. I will point out, and normally I like to keep this behind the curtain, mm. behind the scenes. I do walk into this control room right as Maggie and Perloff is over. And if I could physically move Peter Bellotti, like I would do it for him so he could get out of my way. I know he's bothered by me, hounding him, yeah. staring at him. That's like my Justin Tucker move to try and – I'm not trying to get under Pete's skin, but it's basically like, hey, dude, like, it's time for me to work here. Now, do you will you leave stuff of yours in the way of Stu Kovacs, who comes in this room after you, just to bother him? He will find this room pristine. I get everything out of his way as fast as I can. Interesting. Now, Bilotti's just being lazy. I don't think Pete is trying to mess with you, knock you off your game for the Open at 10 a.m. No, I don't take it personally. Right. But if you could, you would walk in and just, like, sweep his stuff off the console and get going. Right, right. Yeah, I again, I like you. I like Justin Tucker. And I love this story. I really do. I thought it was great Sunday when they showed you the clips. I was all for it. I'm glad they're all talking about it. And I'm glad that we don't have the same story. I'm glad that no one's being like, hey, no big deal. We've got Tucker saying they're bullies. And we've got Mahomes saying this guy does this all the time. It's only three times in my life, and it's been him all three times. Give me more. Except the Ravens can't play anymore. Justin Termini, Sirius XM, NBA Radio. He's on the show. When we come back, it's Writer Than You on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 